genre. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And it is a between episode. We sure have, is. Yeah, we have finished the Twilight series. We did it. Mm-hmm. It's the end of an era. I hope you had as much fun listening to it as Scott and I had recording it. We'll see you next week. Uh- <laughs> Bye, everybody. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh- <laughs> Uh, yeah, I really, then, I really, yeah, I really do hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope that you all listened to it. I hope you didn't be like, oh, this is one I can skip because, um, I don't know, because you don't like, you lack interest in Twilight or something. <laughs> I, I really think, um, I think it was a ton of fun watching those movies and talking yeah. about them each week on this show. Um, I love this. No, it was great. I think the, the guests were all terrific. Um, I've said this before on multiple podcasts but like you know they were all such authorities of the world that i felt lucky to have them as like they kind of illuminated a lot of the like character stuff that the movies didn't have a chance to get into Mm -hmm. um and then also like talking about the the fandom the role that fandom and the internet played with these movies in this franchise Mm -hmm. that was really cool because i feel like that's the first time that we've really talked about that on the show yeah, because I think it's the first like real fandom that we've been able to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think any of our other franchises had a fandom necessarily. Right. Yeah. Like fandom in the way that the twenty first century understanding of it. Right. Because like you could argue that the X Men have been around for like fifty years or whatever. Right. Right. But like a devoted. I I know this sounds like this because I know there exist people that are passionate about X Men in the way that people are are obsessed with twilight. Sure. But there's just a different kind of concentrated. Yeah. Like they don't name themselves, right? They're not called like X heads or something. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not the same thing. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of that. And like the, the fan fiction talk and I, I don't know, just the whole thing. I was like really into the vibe of the movies. Like it's hit me like right at the right time. Right. Um, yeah, I think we watched yeah. them during a great time of the year. Yeah. Uh yeah. the soundtracks kind of entered my everyday playlists. Nice. Uh, That's good. Like my Spotify rap this year had multiple songs from the Twilight soundtracks on them. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> um, my Spotify wrapped was like all composers. Oh yeah, no, I, for sure. I just listened to, I really only listened to that. It was like composers and sparks. <laughs> that was I didn't, wrapped. I didn't do a lot of writing this year. Um, oh, be- because I could tell because I was looking at, cause that's usually my, my case too. And I was like, Oh yeah, I really didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but also like doing the research and learning about each hurdle and each adventure that the filmmakers went on. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to have like such a high opinion of each movie production wise. Sure. Yeah. Like even the sequels that maybe I'm iffy on, like compared to twilight of like, wow, the technical work going into this and like, you know, the, the work the directors put into it. That was all really cool to learn about. Yeah, yeah for sure. I also remember like, at the time when the movies were coming out, I remember the like understanding amongst people seemed to be that like the actors were like phoning it in toward the end where it's like, oh, they're now too big to be in this franchise, but they're stuck in it. And now they're right, like right, phoning right. it in. Um, and I never got that vibe from right from uh, any of uh, them, from any of them, but let alone the two, le- the two main leads. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I agree with you. Cause like, uh, like reading like interviews and stuff, like learning that Kristen Stewart had such a, like, she kind of described herself as a twihard mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the commentaries and interviews, listening to her really defend Bella as a character and yeah. speak up on behalf of this, like much maligned character and the choices yeah. that she makes. Yeah. Having her have such conviction. Like that was really cool to see. Um, but you reminded me of something that I wanted to bring up. So right now on the Patreon, you can also listen to uh, Franchise Potential, where we're talking about beautiful creatures. Yes. And that movie has kind of a campy, soap opera-y vibe. Right. And watching Beautiful Creatures really made me appreciate how grounded and like awkward and realistic Catherine Hardwick directed everyone in the first Twilight movie. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, and I think that kind of extends to what you were saying about people who are like, oh, they seem so checked out is because they're not very expressive for a lot of the movies. Right. But like the, the performances are there. That's strong. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just saw <laughs> I just saw um, we're, we're dating ourselves here. Uh, I apologize. But the reference is important. Um, I saw West Side Story. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I was like blown away by every scene between Rachel Zegler and uh, and What's-His-Face um, yeah. playing Tony. And, like, whenever they would cut to Rachel, she would have, like, these eyes that were just like, oh, my God, I've never loved anything more than I love this person that I'm looking at. And mm-hmm. then you cut to Tony, and it's, she's just dead inside. Just... Right like a sociopath like there's just nothing there right um and i was like i was like oh she's really acting and he is not um Mm -hmm. you know like he is he is pretending you know and i think that's the difference but then i never felt that way during twilight like watching those movies like i i felt like both of them were like acting their asses off like they were in love with each other and this is the part where somebody will point out well you know they were really dating so it really wasn't very much of acting it was like yeah but like 
you know, you don't get overwhelmed with that feeling constantly in a relationship. Yeah, like when you're when you're freezing in the cold, it's two in the morning, you're on three hours of sleep, you're caked in makeup. Totally. You you just got done swallowing like a bagel that you were eating. Yeah. (laughs) And then they and then they're taking the coat away from you that you (laughs) Yeah. You're wearing these things in your eyes where you can't see. Yeah. Uh, But and I think I think the reason the last two were so cool. Like I think this movie, the reason this series ended so strongly is uh, Robert Pattinson as Edward really kind of shifted into this new gear and got to play a much more natural, organic Edward by the end. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun watching that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing the actor kind of like, oh, cool. Because I also think, I also think when you say acting their asses off, both of every actor in this movie are sometimes having to communicate very weird awkward ideas on behalf of the novel yeah like jacob imprinting on a baby right that's a tough acting assignment for anybody (laughs) yeah and taylor lautner did his best yeah i i mean you know i i I believe if i'm not mistaken i believe our guest disagreed with this fact so i hate to disagree with our (laughs) guest however uh i think it works um, okay. I, oh, cool. I, yeah. I really think it works. I don't think it never comes off as feeling creepy to me in the movie because it doesn't feel like a, it just feels like, oh, I, I, I love this baby. Like, I want to protect this baby. Like, mm-hmm. not in a, I want to fuck this baby. Someday way. this baby's going to be an 18 year old. Yeah. Quote. Per, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Um. I I think all the ammo is there if you are like intrinsically creeped out by it. Yes. But if like if you're able to uh, if, like give yourself into the narrative and really kind of like buy into what is being told of like no it's a connection it's this it's that of like right, okay right. yeah yeah because they I think they justify it yeah like the way that I think of it is like how how like a dog like protects their owner right but he had For no sure. owner. And then he met that baby and he was like, actually, that uh, that baby owns me. <laughs> like, that's. Oh, that's my. That's yeah. it. Like, I, I'm I'm her puppy. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. protect her forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, something we didn't talk about in Beautiful Creatures is like the lovers had been dreaming of each other before meeting each other. True. Yeah. And that pretty... never came up in our talk about that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Taylor Lautner, I think was good throughout this. I mean, like, what a what a what a amazing collection of actors these movies had. True, true. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun, and like, and like, yes, an amazing co- co- uh, collection of actors, all of which were at the same level when they made the first movie. Yeah, it it kind of felt like you get a real sense of company. Yeah, throughout the series, right. Um, the only, uh, the only, the only, you know, thing <laughs> right, that sticks course. out from that is of course, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, the the um, bitter betrayal of Rochelle LeVerve. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, still, that still chafes my ass. I'll that's shenanigans for sure. Yeah. Not into it. Uh, and, but I, I agree with you. Like, it's really cool that by the time you get to the end of this, cause it was like a five year blitzkrieg, I think for the actors, mm-hmm. like, just watching the behind the scenes stuff. And yeah, that's all, you know, studio approved stuff. But I don't know. I got kind of the sense that they all were just like, I can't believe I lucked out. And this became like a big, big, huge phenomenon. Let's, let's keep this going. Let's ride this out. You know, like Billy Burke, the guy that played 
the, the the vampire dad. Oh my god, their names are already Carlisle. Carlisle, yeah, yeah. It was a cool thing to watch them all like go from movie to movie together. Yeah, um, without a lot of like budget and fighting and stuff like that. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, because it, it it is it is interesting. I mean, like obviously, Kristen Stewart and um, Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. and. You know, it's not, it's, yeah, Anna Kendrick, it's not because of these movies that she became immensely big, but she did become immensely huge, right? It was like this weird, crazy accident that happened while they were making the Twilight movies. Yeah, totally. Um, You know, they all got pretty big, and uh, they tried to make Taylor Lautner happen outside of the Twilight movies, and it never really worked out. Adam Mm -hmm. Sandler seems to have found a nice spot for him. Um, (laughs) He's in the crew. in his company. He's just, he's went from the twilight company of actors to the Adam Sandler company of actors, which, you know, um, do you, I have a question for you. Cause you kind of, uh, with this and, and shark boy mm-hmm. kind of found yourself unexpectedly becoming something of a Taylor Lautner fan this year. Yeah. Do you think there's an underutilized part of the cinematic landscape that you could drop, you would drop Taylor Lautner into? Definitely. Um, however, I think it would at least at first require him to get pretty buff again. Um, you know, and like, maybe he doesn't want to do that. And like, fucking, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) please don't, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) if you're happy, just continuing and making like Adam silly, Adam Sandler movies, like more power to you. As long as you're getting paid and you're Mm -hmm. getting your twilight residual check every quarter, you know, keep yeah. keep keep doing what you're doing mm-hmm. but i do think that um he would do really well in something like you know like they keep trying to make he-man happen yes yeah he would Definitely. be a really good he-man He'd i be think. a great he-man especially if they did it they did not take it seriously you know like they yeah. did like a sort of guardians of the galaxy take on mm-hmm. he-man I think he would be excellent at that. Yeah, because that's, you know, like watching the behind the scenes stuff, I, I couldn't stop hearing stuff from the stunt department about what a great like physical performer he is and what a great mm-hmm. athlete he is. Mm-hmm. So that would be cool. And then also like how Kristen Stewart had a rule where like she would never fake laugh for him. Mm-hmm. She was like, you have to actually make me laugh or else I won't <laughs> laugh in the take. And so like you're actually getting to see him like crack her up and be charming sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's great because I'm just imagining all of the takes where he doesn't make her laugh and she oh, just shit. stares at him. It's not funny. <laughs> just ruins oh, the take. Uh, uh, Bella, you're uh, not laughing. At the... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he just has to start like running around like a monkey, just like oh, get her to laugh. We're shooting on digital. <laughs> I don't know who that was. I know the director sounded like that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was the DP. Yes, uh, <laughs> Guillermo, old Guillermo. <laughs> oh, so something that kind of came up, I was reading this, I think it was one of the books, the making of books. Um, so one of the things that came up during the Breaking Dawn part two was uh, Stephanie Meyer was very, very determined and very specific about which characters were not allowed to die mm-hmm. in the movie, even the movie. Because she was saying, even back in 2012, I don't know if I'm ever going to come back to this world. Right. So I want to leave everything open. I don't want to leave anything off the table. And so I'm making the prediction that in our lifetime, 
we are going to see like the saga of Renesme. Yeah. And like Lautner is probably going to be the easiest to get to come back. Yeah. I think you're right about that. I think you're totally right about that. And I'd be into it. I'd be there. I'm, it'll yeah. be the first time that I go see a Twilight movie opening weekend. There you go. Boom. Um, I honestly don't know if they'd be able to get our Pats or Case Stew back. No, I don't think so. Like, He's Batman. She's going to have an Oscar soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think so. And that's fine. I don't I don't think that there's any problem with that. You know, like Chris Columbus was like talking about how he wants to make a Cursed Child movie. Sure. With the original cast. Mm-hmm. And and my thing is what, what's weird about that, though, is like he is more likely to get them to come back <laughs> and play those characters again. than they would be able to get you know, Chris and Sue. Oh and, yeah. I see and, what you mean. Yeah. Robert Pattinson, because they are so much huger stars and mm-hmm. in a totally different place. Whereas those, those, those three kids, you know, yeah, the, they've the just been trio. like, they've just been having fun. Yeah. Like they kind of chose to like kind of cruise control. Yeah. Where like Emma Watson's like, well, I think I'm a humanitarian. I think I'm, I'm this. And, Dan Radcliffe was like, I think I just want to do indie movies. I think I just want to do like weird stuff. But like, or yeah, like, yeah. And Robert and then, Rupert Grant is like, I'll just do whatever anyone will hire me to do. Yeah, I'm just gonna buy an ice cream truck and drive it around. <laughs> well, he, he's on Servant. He's great on that show. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, who would have thought? Yeah, now ten years later, you know, both you know Pattinson and Stewart are two of our most like well respected actors of yeah. You know, yeah. they've completely shed the twilight. Yeah. Stink, I guess. Right. Lack of a... Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so we're both down for more twilight in the future. A hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, she's still so young, Stephanie Meyer, you know, it's true. She's like, she was young. She had like her kids young and everything. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think she might be 50, maybe. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to go ahead? Is there anything you want to bring up before we go into rankings? Um, I guess not. You know, I mean, I guess, you know, that's the thing. It's like, if we get the idea of getting the, the, the Renesme Chronicles or whatever the fuck we're calling it. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, I think that only happens if, uh, that only happens one if the MTV show never happens, the Netflix show. That's what I was going to say. Do you have a preference if you could only have one? I don't know. Twilight sequel I, movies or reboot series. Right. And the other thing is, would it have a reboot or uh, uh, would it have a sequel series or sequel series Movie. of films or would yeah. it be like a like a tv series oh that's a good yeah like well is it more likely that netflix or prime or something will buy the rights to stephanie meyer's new book that she's gonna write and it'll be like yeah the renesme chronicles coming soon to amazon prime right right i think that's much more likely these days yeah yeah especially like again the lack of spectacle in the twilight movies you know they like shoehorned a lot of spectacle in the movies that weren't in the books mm-hmm. and it works for some people and not for others. Yeah. You know, so. And I, I was know. like, but that was also go, something that I appreciated watching these is it was really cool watching a comparatively low stakes franchise where mm-hmm. 
the stakes never really got too much bigger than like forks yeah. or the, you know, there was never like a sky beam that was going to, or like, you know, Dracula was never going to wake up unless they caught all five medallions. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And I was like, I remember at one point like, Oh, really savor this because like, there aren't many franchises like this. Oh man. You're not kidding. Um, so, so yeah, so let's get into rankings. Okay, so we'll start from the bottom and then work our way to the top. Uh, I will start. So kind of similar to Wes Anderson. I don't think any of these are bad. I didn't dislike watching any of these. Right. It's just in terms of like love or, you know, Uh, this really surprised me. I did not see this coming at the start of the journey. But uh, number bottom at number five is New Moon. Interesting. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, I think, Eclipse. Interesting. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I just can't with the Bryce Dallas Howard. I see what you mean. Yeah. It bums me out too much. Uh, New Moon is at the bottom for me. I remember really liking it because it's got the best soundtrack. Yeah. Um, Possibly the strongest fall-winter vibes of the whole series. Sure. You know, it looks gorgeous. I think Chris White's made a really cool decision to shoot it the way that he did, as yeah. different as it is from Twilight. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like how separate everyone is. Yeah, I get that. That's I my biggest that. hurdle. Is it just, it feels like the slowest to me because like no one's interacting or bouncing off one another. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get that. I think, I think the reason Eclipse is at the bottom for me is, is, uh, yeah, you, you have the, Bryce Dallas Howard of it all, which <laughs> really annoys the shit out of me. Um, but also, it just feels very wheel spinny, that movie. Yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah, it just feels like, because, you know, it's so, the series is so, like, there's the trilogy about that character. And then right. you have the two films that are just about the Italian guys. The Volteri. You know? Yeah, the Volteri. Um, I'm all of these names are dropping out of my head to make room for other things. <laughs> yeah. um, like so, the Merovingian. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so, oh man, I forgot about him. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to dig into those. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I, I think it's just, you know, again, like you said, I don't dislike any of these. I don't dislike Eclipse, but, mm. You know, if you were like, hey, you can watch one Twilight movie this year, which one is it going to be? Like, Eclipse is going to be the bottom of that list. Right. The one you're least likely to pick up again. Yeah, for sure. So my number uh, five, wait, my number four, I mean, four, yeah, is uh, Eclipse. Okay. Kind of like like what you said, it feels kind of like middle of the road, wheel spinny, just moving everyone to their places. But. The reason I really prefer it to New Moon and would probably be more likely to watch Eclipse is we get really great uh, character backstory stuff. That's true. With Rosalie and Jasper that I find really entertaining. Yeah, um, I like those. And kind of like to counter New Moon, I really like how up in each other's shit the the, the love triangle are in this one. That's true. That is that is that is cool. So it just has like fun back and forth. And like, you know, I love uh, uh, Anna Kendrick's graduation speech. Um so, like, for me personally, there's, like, enough fun stuff in there that, like, New Moon to me wasn't as fun to watch. For sure. Um, so, New, New Moon is my fourth. 
Okay, so, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so just I like it just a little bit more than Eclipse. And I think for me, I really like depressed Bella and like Bella being like, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> so just yeeting herself off a of cliffs. Yeah, hell yeah. Riding motorcycles with strangers. Seeing the ghost of Edward telling her to knock it off, like knock I, it off. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like all of that nonsense. Yeah. Um, I I love that. I mean, there, you know, that depressive state in of of like October through through January or whatever. That yeah. montage it's is like an all timer. You know. Um, love that. I love all of the kids. The 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 stuff with the kids. Um, in this one with like the the high school kids. Like all right. Of, yeah. 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 They're in this one a lot more. Um, that's so true. I like all of that. The movie theater scene, you know, yeah, um, uh, uh, Jacob bullying that one guy who liked Bella. Yeah. Uh, her being on a date with two people that she is like, obviously platonic friends with both of them, but they both are <laughs> like, you're on a date with me. That's the best. That, that is great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I like, I like all that stuff. And then the, like the third act twist of like, we're in Italy now. Yeah, deal with it, it. I'm. That's fun. I think that that's fun. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read the books, but like in the movie, it it plays it lands so hard, and it really yeah. it feels like in Bad Boys Two when they go to Cuba. Yeah, totally. Yes, it absolutely feels like that. Where like the scope just so immediately gets bigger. Yeah. yeah. So what's your three? Uh, my number three is Breaking Dawn Part Two. Same. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one was a lot of fun. I. I love the the ensemble. I love the cavalcade of vampire weirdos that we get and how they all become friends. Um, there's like a lot of really cool little moments. Like, I don't think we talked about it on the show, but I, I like that moment where Edward thanks Carlisle for turning him. Yeah. Because he's like, this actually became a pretty beautiful life. And I was like, oh my God, this character had a really cool yeah. part because he was so self-loathing at the beginning. Right, um, right. Yeah, but, I like yeah. that. Th- this is... See, to me, like, part two of Breaking Dawn is, like, the reason to make a Twilight TV series. Because as they're going around gathering all these vampire people, it's a full episode of just, like, exploring their world and who they are and what they're up to. Yeah, yeah. And trying to convince them to come back and help help them, you know? It'd be great. Like, a whole episode of Lee Pace flashbacks to the Revolutionary War. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. 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 Um so. and then yeah, like Michael Sheen's really fun in that one. Yeah, no, it's it it is it is fun. And I like I love seeing Bella as a vampire. I love seeing all of that stuff. Um I even like Renez May once she's like a, a a human girl again. Yeah, not an abomination. <laughs> not when once she's not an abomination. Um uh yeah so like i i really i think it's really fun and it has like really cool stakes and yeah it's great but it is the one that feels the least like a twilight movie so fair enough yeah it can't possibly go any higher than where it's at i think for me yeah so i think i have a feeling i think i know what's gonna happen i think we're gonna switch again yeah Uh, probably because my my number two is breaking dawn part one Uh uh-huh um because like i mean like it's it's insane (laughs) Yes, it's, it's nuts. Um, it's beautiful looking. I mean, I think Bill Condon just like slips into the series like a glove and is just such a boss. And there's so much cool moment. I think the performances are on another level. I think like everyone is so much more natural 
and just living in these characters at this point. And like Bella goes on a huge journey and you can just feel how like Kristen Stewart's been like raring to go with this one. Yeah. And she gets to let loose and like, yeah, I just had so much fun watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My number two is Twilight. The original, the OG. Uh Um, yeah, I mean, it's great. Like, like, yeah, like I love watching it and it's so dorky and, and it just, it's so dorky and earnest and, um, I, I just, there's something about it that I'm just so endlessly charmed by. Um, and yeah, I will agree that the third act, like actiony stuff, like don't, doesn't really work. And Hmm. it doesn't, it really doesn't work in the context of like the next two movies and like this, like revenge story that doesn't make any sense given like literally what we see on screen in twilight. Yeah, no, totally. Um, but, uh, like the whole, the whole, uh, like, Edward, you killed my boyfriend, and, and it's like I I, I, mean, I saw who killed your boyfriend. And it wasn't him. He wasn't it, anywhere near. It, it was awesome. Yeah. It was the coolest part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, Alice ripped his goddamn head off. <laughs> you should be terrorizing her. Um, so you know, but that aside, we got the baseball scene. We got yeah. all of the early high school stuff, which rules. We got um all the most iconic Twilight stuff is in that first movie. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's my number two. It's my number two. For yeah. sure. So, so my number one is twilight, yeah. uh, for all the reasons that you were saying, like it is unlike any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. So to me, like breaking Dawn part one is the best of those kinds of twilight movies. Mm-hmm. And the first one, just largely because of, you know, Catherine Hardwick and the way she chose to build her set and build this world. It, yeah, it just feels so natural and, it's aged so much better than other teen movies of its era because of that naturalness, the naturalness. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the reason it's so kids now come back to it so much and relate to it maybe even more than in 2008 because of that awkwardness and there's no other movie like it. And it's unafraid to have these cringy, memorable moments like the baseball scene or, you know, all this other, <laughs> other stuff. And I kind of like, I can still remember when this movie was getting like made fun of and dunked on by like SNL and family guy and you know, all this stuff. And so it just kind of made me more endeared to it. Cause like, I don't know. It's like the Beatles. Yeah. But you can remember when it wasn't cool to like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. And then of course my favorite is breaking down part one, because it's one of the most insane (laughs) cinematic experiences I've ever had. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I just, I love how tight that movie is. It is like a Swiss watch the way that it's constructed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're out of the wedding at the end of act one. We've got the honeymoon while shit's building with like the werewolf stuff, you know? Right. And yeah. then, uh, and then she gets pregnant and the third act is just like, I mean, it's nuts. It's a horror movie and it's, it's real good. Um, yeah, it's I, it's uh, it's epic, and yet there's no like Thanos coming. There's right. no MacGuffin. It's just like this woman's life. Yeah, it's epic on like this personal scale of just yeah. like yeah, of like this is the most epic thing that could possibly happen to like five people, and that's what the <laughs> movie is. 
yeah, like uh, and like this, like the wedding is such a memorable, like almost that becomes what the set pieces quote in the movie are is like, right, you know, the wedding or their honeymoon, right, right, yeah. No, and I love that. I just love like the chill vibes. There's no drama. Like it's like yeah. there's no drama like in this one. Like the 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 love triangles over. Mm-hmm. They're just in love. They're just enjoying each other's company, you know, and, yeah. and like doing shit. And then the drama comes from like, oh no, she's in danger. Mm-hmm. Her body is like in danger. Yeah, it's a different thing. And I really like that thing. I like that they found a way to make this little this little perfectly constructed nugget of a movie uh, out of half a book. I just find that yeah. kind of fascinating. And yeah, and the, like hangout movie and like all the conflict comes from just watching these two now adults. Right. Like deal with being a married couple for the first time and finally letting down those last few walls that they have put for themselves. Right. It's it's absolutely that thing where uh, the the thing that happens in, in like a lot of, especially TV shows about teenagers where uh, they graduate high school and then become 25, like just instantly. Yeah. Like it does like instantly well, 27 years old. I'm responsible. I have a job in health insurance now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm making 90 K a year. Everything's fine. Uh, <laughs> 21. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah. Like what a, what a fun series. Um, yeah. Just a fun world to run around in for a few weeks. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I loved it. I love my time in forks. Yeah. I'll probably good. come, probably come back before too long. Yeah, maybe. Um, so that leaves us to uh, next week. We start The Matrix. Yes. Very excited about that. Yes. We're going to be doing The Matrix. That's going to be uh, four installments. So it's going to be a short one in and out real mm-hmm. quick. And um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting started on that. Uh, as of this recording, we haven't even started recording those. Right. Um, yeah. But, Some uh, exciting guests lined up. Hope it, hope it works out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, pumped about that, but we need to announce the thing that's following. Yes. Following. Following the Matrix. Matrix. Nick, what are we doing after the Matrix? So uh, when we get to the other side of the Matrix, we will be fully in 2022. Yes. And uh, we will be going. We already are. (laughs) We already are. What am I saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we are leaving behind the uh, future dystopian hellscape of the real world and Zion and the Matrix, and we are taking to the open seas yes. as we journey through the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Yeah. And I will be leading this one. You'll be passing you the ball to me. Yes, indeed. Um, so but though, we're, well, I'll well, be coming to the table with some theme park stuff. I, I was going to say, yeah, we're doing something a little different where I will be covering the, the movie behind the scenes stuff, but then congruently Scott will be filling us in on, uh, the theme park side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any three theme park elements, um, yeah. that, uh, show up in the movies. I'm, I'm excited to revisit these. Um, I haven't in a while and, uh, I'm, um, I'm curious to see w- w- what kind of person I am nowadays. I feel like I'm a lot more chill, so I think I'm going to love the sequels um, the way that a lot of people do. The, yeah. I mean, the, uh, the, tri- the, ma- the Gore Verbinski sequels. Right. Um, and then it'll be interesting seeing what 
what becomes of the uh the 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 fourth and fifth films that uh, yeah yeah um i'm sure i'll say this again when we start recording the episodes but um i rewatched the gore verbinski trilogy in lockdown mm-hmm. um be- about like you know two years ago because i hadn't seen them in a while and they rock my shit oh nice that's so good. hopefully hopefully you'll like them too that's good that's good i i also um the other part of it that i'm looking forward to i guess is just like you know i don't know the pirates of the caribbean it's an interesting franchise not just for the fact that like we'll be tracking this franchise that never should have been a franchise Mm -hmm. and how they build that right it was a one-shot movie and then they're like oh my god we have a mega success we have to create a franchise out of this right Right. yeah reverse engineering i guess Right. So like you go back to like Men in Black and yeah, they were only making one movie, but the studio was like, oh, this could be a franchise like from go. Right. Mm -hmm. We remember that in the in the when they were building that first movie, they were like, oh, yeah, this is like going to be like an easy franchise. And they even set up a franchise at the end of the movie. Right. Right. Scream. You know, Kevin Williamson came in and was like, boom, this is a three movie series, you know, Mm -hmm. right off the bat. And then. X-Men, obviously, always meant to be a franchise. Yeah. Um, Twilight adapting a series of books. Right, exactly. But this, the studio actively was like, oh my God, let's get this thing out of here and recoup our losses as quickly as possible. Right. And then they were like, oh shit, we want sequels as fast as you can give them to us. Mm -hmm. And so we have that aspect of it that I find really interesting of like them continuously trying to like figure out what this franchise is that has no business being a franchise, right? Yeah. Like what, what is the pirates of the Caribbean franchise? Well, for starters, it's not a franchise. <laughs> it was never supposed to be one. It's um, a ride. That's why you can't figure it out. Um, and so, uh, and I, I can't wait to talk about all of that, but the other thing about the pirates of the Caribbean franchise is that we will be tracking the rise and fall of Johnny Depp over right. the course of the franchise. Hmm. Johnny you Depp wanna... was in like a Robert Downey Jr. place, not quite as low as Robert Downey Jr. pre-Iron Man, but like in the box realm office of like, wise. Yeah. Yeah. He was not, you know, pulling numbers anymore, you know, since the nineties and the people were like, Oh, he doesn't work outside of Tim Burton. So, hmm. you know, him becoming an Oscar nominated actor for, a role in a movie based on a theme park ride. Because he almost a, got fired from. Yeah. Becoming a mega star. Biggest movie star in the world. And then ending the franchise, not memorizing his lines, but instead having them read to him in an earpiece. Right. You want to talk about someone like visibly not wanting to be in the movie that he's in. Yeah. But we'll talk loving about, yeah. the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Loving the, loving the wine money. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be fascinating. God, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we are going to, you're going to be able to make a super cut of us just dunking on Johnny Depp for like two hours. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. we'll see. I mean, you know, oh, uh, um, so Scott and I have, have talked in private about how Spy Kids 4 all the time in the world was the worst thing he and I have had to watch together for a podcast. Yes. I'm going to say now, I think. Dead Man Tell No Tales might have that movie beat. That you think is that the one with Javier, Javier Bardem? Bardem? Yes. Okay. 
that's worse I, than the fourth one. The fourth I, one was like unwatchable. It's definitely worse than the fourth. The fourth one. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! Uh, we'll see. We'll see what the four. I remember not hating the fourth one. Oh man, I don't know that I finished it. I don't think I ever finished watching it. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to get into it. Yeah. It'll yeah. be it'll be exciting. An adventure That'll on the high seas. But first, we have to we have to travel into the matrix. Um, yes, but first, the matrix. We got to plug in. Jack in. Yeah, Jack in. Do the grab, Matrix. Grab some Powerade. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, we're going to do Pirates of the Caribbean. And then on the other side of that, we're not going to say what it is, but it's our next summer series. Um, mm-hmm. That is going to be a super long franchise yeah. that will take up our entire summer. Yeah. Let's just say it's about a super athletic dog. <laughs> <laughs> Who loves trying new sports. Yep. Had a lot of puppies. <laughs> uh, oh my god i forgot about those there's like eight of those yeah the puppies get superpowers i think uh-huh they sure do super buddies right Man. at a certain point the titles just become nonsense because they've evolved so far from airbud <laughs> it becomes like the google translate of yes. puppy yeah. fun <laughs> yeah oh man puppy fun house too. super pals we went from airbud to super buddies buddies yeah yeah uh, anyway. that's uh that's what twilight should have ended with it should have been with like them all getting superpowers well i guess yeah. they already have powers yeah what's renesme's power i can't remember a hard stare yeah the hard stare yeah <laughs> she can turn it back into the animatronic baby version of herself at will yeah at any time yeah um anyway all right yeah, I thanks so much it. for listening. Hope you enjoyed yeah. the Twilight series. Yeah. And uh, can't well, wait to learn all about the Matrix, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Next week, uh, right here on uh, on Franchiseography, uh, The Matrix with our... Well, I'm not going to announce the guest in case it falls through because we haven't recorded it yet. So mm-hmm. <laughs> next week with The Matrix. That's definitely happening. <laughs> We're definitely going to talk about The Matrix. Yes. Bye, everybody. Bye.